Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll talk about the Hawks' 128-132 loss in overtime to the Brooklyn Nets. Without further ado, let's get into it. Man, the Hawks were not able to get two wins on the back-to-back they had with the Clippers and the Nets. But the Hawks came into Wednesday night against the Brooklyn Nets and played a wonderful game. Uh, it was a close game, went into overtime. Ultimately, the Brooklyn Nets were able to score more points in the first overtime period and get the win. But the Hawks played really well, and they had an opportunity to win this game against the Brooklyn Nets. This was the first time the Hawks had seen the Nets since the back-to-back earlier this season in Brooklyn where each team took one game, and this was going to be the rubber match. The Hawks and Nets are not going to play at least the rest of this first half of the season, and so the Brooklyn Nets took the series 2-1 to overall. The Hawks got some strong performances from all the usual suspects. DeAndre Hunter finished the game with 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. He was matched up with kind of all of the big three for the Brooklyn Nets. He got matched up with Kyrie. Kevin Durant and James Harden at different points. James Harden was just on a different level and really was the difference maker for the Brooklyn Nets in this game, but we'll get to that. John Collins had a good game, 9 of 14, 2 of 3 from three-point land. He needs to be shooting through more threes. There's just no uh, excuse for him not getting up more attempts with how well he's shooting the ball from three-point land, especially if the Brooklyn Nets are going to put um, DeAndre Jordan on him and not guard Collins at the three-point line. John needs to take that shot. It's a good shot for him. He's just shooting too well to not not take that shot now. He had 21 points, eight rebounds, one of them offensive, three assists and a block. Kevin Herter had a solid game. Again, like the game against the Clippers, Herter kind of got started in the second half. He was 4 of 11, 3 of 7 from three-point land for 11 points. He had three rebounds, four assists, and a block. Clint Capella, I think, probably should have played a little bit more than he did in this game. Um, Early before the game, it it wasn't clear if Capella was going to get to play. His hand soreness is still putting him on the injury report. But Capella played. He was 4 of 10 from the field, only 9 points, 11 rebounds, 6 of them offensive, had 2 blocks, and he was plus 19 for the Hawks. Um, He was often matched up with DeAndre Jordan, and he had trouble when the Brooklyn Nets went small to Jeff Green at the five, and it was hard to keep Clint Capella on the court. To keep Clint Capella on the court when Jeff Green is the five for the Brooklyn Nets, it's tough for uh, Capella to fight over all the screens and really play five out when the Nets are playing five out. I do think the, the Hawks did a little bit of a disservice to themselves. Uh, Clint Capella has been playing extremely well for the Hawks, just putting up massive numbers, and to take him off the court feels really bad. And you sometimes want to impose your will on the other team and be like, that's fine if you're going to go small, but we're going to destroy you on the inside. And I think the Hawks didn't do that um, enough in this game. But Capella was fine. Trey Trey Young had a really good game against the Nets. He always plays pretty well. He was 7 of 22 from the field, got to the free throw line 12 times and made 11 of those 12 free throws. 3 of 8 from 3-point land, had 28 points, 14 assists, big double-double for Trey. Trey played the entire fourth quarter and overtime, and I think uh, that kind of wore down on Trey. And at the end, he was taking some 3-pointers that were 
you know, his usual really deep three-pointers, and it just seemed he was gassed a little bit. But they're young, and it's good to see these young guys out there playing the whole time. Cam Reddish off the bench had just a really great bounce-back game. Of course, he didn't play against the Clippers um, the night before, but he came back, and he was 9 of 17 from the field, 2 of 7 from three-point land, got to the free-throw line a couple times for 24 points. Uh, Cam's biggest play may have been at the end of regulation. He made this wild left-handed layup to tie the game, made it around Kevin Durant, and it was just a really strong play, a real confident play for the second-year player out of Duke. It was good to see him get going. He's you know had up and sta- up some ups and downs, um, whereas DeAndre Hunter has been you know just the model of consistency. Cam has kind of had some injuries and just not always been able to get into the flow. And for him to come out, he started the game extremely aggressive. Uh, one of his first few shots that he hit this game was a three-pointer. And it was just great to see Cam really on his game. He even had a knockaway. Kyrie Irving may, may be the best ball handler in basketball right now. And Cam was able to get his hand in, knock the ball away, and get a turnover on Kyrie. So it was really strong performance from Cam Reddish and uh, encouraging after he had um, been unable to play with his knee injury. Gallinari was, again, effective off the bench. He was four of six, one of two from three-point land um, for 11 points. And uh, all in all, the Hawks bench scored 38 points, which was more than the Nets bench. The Nets bench only had 26 points with 12 of those coming from Bruce Brown late in the game. But... um, both Cam and Gallinari off the bench. Even Solomon Hill had a three-pointer off the bench. Um, those bench points are huge, and it was big for the Hawks. You know, they had four players with 20-plus points, and it was just a really balanced scoring attack from the Hawks. I think the biggest complaint I have is maybe just getting Capella into the game a little bit more. Um, there was a few runs, especially the execution for the Hawks in the fourth quarter was just incredible. Um, This game was back and forth, kind of to illustrate that. There was 21 lead changes. Neither team led this game by more than seven points at any point in this game. It was back and forth, and there was a couple of really just notable runs. In the first half, James Harden hit three straight three-pointers on, I think, three different defenders where he just did his little dancing with the ball and then just hit three straight threes and forced the Hawks into a timeout. Right after that, the Hawks went on a little bit of a run themselves. Um, to get the game and actually get in a lead when you thought maybe, you know, this big three of Brooklyn was just going to run away with the game. But it was a back-and-forth game, and the Hawks bench really did a good job of keeping them in it. Um, The three-point shooting for the Hawks was really good. You know, those three threes from uh, James Harden in the half were like, oh, no, this could be an onslaught of threes. But Brooklyn only shot 11 of 32 from three-point land, whereas the Hawks were 13 of 33. Um, for 40%, 39%. And I, like I said with John Collins, I think the Hawks could have taken a little bit, uh, a few more threes, maybe not as many Trey Young, just deep threes. And he hit a couple of those tonight. But I think guys, when guys like Gallinari and John Collins are rolling at the three-point line, you get them the ball a little bit more. Um, for the Nets, you know, you got to talk about their big three first. Kevin Durant kind of had a ho-hum game of 32 games. 32 points, five rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. Um, and I really have been impressed by Kevin Durant um, really working to make this uh, triumvirate of him, Kyrie, and Harden work because he can get his points at any time in the flow of the game. He's just so tall. His release point is so high. 
that it's hard for any defender to really affect a shot. And the Hawks did a good job of trying to get KD out of his comfortable positions, but KD was just able to kind of walk into his 32 points. Kyrie had 26 points on 11 of 17 shoot shooting from the field. He hit one three-pointer. He had seven re- uh, four rebounds, seven assists. He did have two turnovers. Kyrie made some just incredible layups, especially uh, in that fourth quarter when it was really going back and forth between the Hawks and Nets. He hit two just kind of almost in a row where he got under the basket and just super acrobatic, you know, tons of spin coming off his hands, reverses that just I, no other player I think in the NBA makes those shots. Um, and you can't really ask for any better defense from uh, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, or whoever else was having the task of guarding um, Kyrie Irving. So he, he played extremely well. James Harden, you know, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. 9 of 20, he got to the free throw line eight times, made all of his free throws. But James Harden brings such a, I don't know, different pace by himself to the game. Um, and he had 15 assists where he's able to lull his defender to sleep. He's able to get into the paint kind of whenever he wants to and then find uh, his bigs or just his teammates around the perimeter to make shots. And he got a lot of help from DeAndre Jordan. Um, and also Jeff Green came off and had a couple of really nice dunks off Harden passes that were just you know, Harden really put his imprint on this game, and I think ultimately James Harden was a lot of what allowed Brooklyn to come into Atlanta and get a win. Joe Harris, who has hurt the Hawks a lot before, did not have his biggest game shooting the ball. In fact, the Hawks broke his streak of, I think, 79 straight games of hitting a three-pointer. Joe didn't make a three. He was a three of six from the field, had six points, ultimately fouled out, but the Nets were a team high plus 18 when Joe was on the court. He had the job of really hounding Trey Young for a lot of the second half. And I thought the Nets employed a, a good strategy of Joe was guarding Trey uh, as soon as the Hawks brought the ball in to really make Trey expend a lot of energy. Um, and it bothered the Hawks. It definitely uh, frustrated Trey a little bit. And the Hawks ultimately started having another player bring the ball up so Trey could get a little bit of rest um, on the offensive side of the ball. Jeff Green ended the game with 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. He had two monster dunks that felt like a little bit of momentum movers. Um, But he just, his ability to play the 5 really hurt the Hawks because it meant that John um, Collins had to play the 5 as well and Clint Capella couldn't really find his way on the court. The Hawks were happy to play Cam Reddish and put John Collins at the 5, but it, it didn't really lend itself to the Hawks being able to um, impose their will on the Nets and it kind of uh, really took the Hawks out of what had been so successful. Um, when I talked about the execution the Hawks had in the fourth quarter, the Hawks went in, uh, started running a play that the Nets had no answer for. It was a couple screens to get everybody moving, and then the Hawks had DeAndre Hunter make a shot out of it. Trey made a shot out of it. Um, Clint Capella was one of the screeners in it, and it was just they kept going to it. Dominique was calling it out. The Hawks just kept banging that play, and the Nets couldn't do anything to stop it, and it really got the Hawks back into the game and made it such a back-and-forth game in the fourth. But when the Nets went small and the Hawks got Clint Capella out of there because he had played a while, was doing a ton of work on offense and defense, and was just fatigued, Coach Pierce would say you know, Capella was just fatigued at the end of the game, um, it, it sort of swung back to favor the Nets. So Jeff Green was a big part of that. And then finally, Bruce Bound came off the bench for the Nets 
was five of seven from the field, had 12 points, and he really hurt the Hawks. The Nets started really hunting that matchup between him and uh, Trey Young, and would get Trey Young in the pick and roll in the pick and roll situation with whoever brought the ball in, which who was usually Harden, and Bruce Brown was just punishing Trey at the basket. Um, the Hawks ultimately solved that by kind of switching Trey off the player who is closest to the ball handler. So um, if the Nets wanted to screen with Trey's defender, they were going to have to, you know, go two passes away. And uh, usually the Hawks were able to switch who Trey was defending before that screener got to the ball handler. But it really punished the Hawks. And, you know, those 12 points were half of the uh, Nets points off the bench. And Bruce Brown's not usually the guy you think that is going to beat you from the Nets. And so getting that boost from their bench is what I think a little bit of what helped, again, Brooklyn come out of Atlanta with the win. But, you know, the Hawks played just a, a really a really nice game. And honestly, these two teams were pretty evenly matched as you looked into the stats. Uh, the Hawks, the big difference was the field goal shooting. Um, the Hawks shot 48% from the field while Brooklyn shot 53%. But other than that, the Hawks hit 13 threes. Brooklyn hit 11 Hawks got to the free throw line more than Brooklyn did, got there 28 times compared to Brooklyn's only 20. The rebounds were ev- very even. The Hawks got 37 rebounds to the Brooklyn's 36. The assists were dead even. Both teams had 29 assists. That's an awesome number. Um, both teams had nine turnovers. It was just a very you know, evenly matched contest. And ultimately, uh, the Nets were able to hit more shots and and really take advantage um, of their big three closing at the end of the game. Um, in overtime, Kevin Durant hit a few shots. Bruce Brown also scored in overtime. But the Hawks just weren't able to um, get a lead in that last quarter. They The Hawks had an opportunity to get a win in regulation. Trey did a wonderful job of following a ball up before it went out of bounds and calling a timeout before the end of the clock. And the Hawks had an opportunity to get a lob or something close to the rim for the last shot of the game um, with three-tenths of a second left, but they weren't able to execute. And actually, in overtime, they ran a play on the other side of the court that was beautiful. They got Cam a layup with no time left, and um, it was like if they had run that play in regulation, they could have gotten the win. But I think to see the Hawks go play play a you know veteran Clipper squad without their best players get a win there and then on the second night of a back-to-back play against the Nets team that is all the talent in the world to a standstill and um, almost be able to get a win is just very encouraging. I, I think there will be some takeaways for both players and coaches. You know, I do understand, like, the not wanting to play Capella when the Nets are going to a five-out, um, but I do wonder if the Hawks are able to impose their will a little bit more if Capella's out on the court. Um, and I thought that was just a very nice move by the Nets coaches to go to that five out when DeAndre Jordan really isn't working too too well. But, you know, just to get awesome performances from all the key players for the Hawks um, and to think about we still don't have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, we haven't even seen Chris Dunn yet. Uh, I think to have the Hawks be at 9-9 nine and nine and going up to Washington, you got to be glad with where they're at. They're going to have a tough, real tough slate next week, and we'll look ahead to that after the Wizards game. But 
the Hawks are, are playing good basketball. I think they have a lot of confidence in all they're doing, and um, it was you know, disappointing that they weren't able to get a win against the Brooklyn Nets. That would have been a big, big win against a team that's looking to do a lot of damage in the postseason. So strong performance, not the result that the Hawks wanted, but uh, a good game. And the Hawks go on the road to play Washington on Friday, and the Kettlecast will be back to talk to you about that game after that on Friday. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a big help to me. Go Hawks!